This is Matt Pennington with Radio Free Asia. Welcome to our weekly podcast, South China Sea Currents. I'm joined by Drake Long, a reporter for RFA and Banana News, to talk about the latest news on the South China Sea and how he's been covering it. How's it going, Drake? Hey, good afternoon. Now, I'm sure Drake's too humble to brag about it, but this mm. week he broke a story that was picked up by a fan base we never knew we had in the Vietnamese state media. It also drew a response from the government of Vietnam itself. The story was what appeared to be moves by China to lay undersea cables between several of its outposts in the disputed Paracel Islands, an area also claimed by Vietnam. At a press conference, the foreign ministry spokeswoman declared this was a violation of Vietnam's sovereignty. So Drake, tell us a bit about the story. How did you discover that China was doing this work with undersea cables? Well, I'd say that China didn't really hide it very well. That's how I discovered it. Basically, every type of ship has the automatic identification system or signal where you can kind of identify it on commercial software, vessel tracking software like marine traffic. What I noticed was that in the area of the Paracels was a ship I had never seen before called the Tianyi Haigong. Um, you check the registry for it. There's not a whole lot of information. There's no way to kind of ascertain what it's doing, but its path is very unusual. It's stopping at Tree Island for three days, stopping at North Island for three days, and stopping at Woody Island, which is China's main base in the Paracel Islands. All of these are China's military outposts in that region. So after looking at that, I said, well, what is this ship doing exactly? So then I turned to the satellite imagery that we have over at RFA, and lo and behold, it's not just any type of ship, but it's clearly a cable ship. I caught it in action, laying or otherwise messing with cables, and you can see it quite clearly. We have a photo in the article, either dredging up cables or laying them down to the point where you can actually even see the weights that are on the cable to drag it down to the seabed. Once I saw that, I just had to corroborate and see, you know, is this actually registered as a cable layer, which it is with the International Maritime Organization. And then from there, you know, send it off to some experts who might explain, you know, why is this? Why is this here right now? Now, I mean, this sounds to me like real needle in a haystack stuff. Is it, mm -hmm. is it hard to locate a ship in a sea like this? Um, typically, but, you know, like I said, this one had its signal on. I could literally see it sailing around the area. And all it took was just a little bit of curiosity to click on it and see what its path was. And then from there, check the satellite imagery. That That's the tough part. You can see the path of a ship pretty easily, but actually catching it on satellite is much, much tougher. Luckily, there's a lot more focus on China's outposts in the Parasol Islands lately. So when it was offloading a cable near Tree Island, there was already a satellite trained on it, and we could see it. And this is all with just commercial satellite imagery. It's nothing special. It's nothing clandestine or anything like that. Um, if I saw it, I'm sure tons of other people saw it as well. But all I had to do was kind of connect the dots, so to speak. So what did the experts tell you about what China might be doing? So with undersea cables like this, the most obvious use for them is, you know, if you want to put Wi-Fi down in the city or whatnot, you put down undersea cable. It's, it's the best form of an internet connection. But these are really remote military outposts in the South China Sea. So when I sent it off to James Kraska at the U.S. Naval War College and Brian Clark at the Hudson Institute, they both kind of came around to the same thing. This could be an underwater surveillance system. Undersea cables are great for encrypted military communications from point to point because it's a hard connection. You know, you're not beaming anything from satellite or what have you. And then on top of that, you can set them up with a sonar array on the seafloor to detect things like submarines, especially U.S. submarines. And in an area of the South China Sea that China has militarized heavily, like the Paracels, it kind of makes sense. 
and that was based on not only their kind of insight, but because there have been rumors of China laying down undersea cables for this purpose for years. Uh, to the point where when I sent it off to people, they weren't actually sure if there were existing cables already and it was merely repairing them or if it was laying down new cable. And even today, we're not 100% sure if China actually had these undersea cables set up this whole time and we just didn't know about it. So, I mean, do we know if China does this kind of undersea surveillance in any other areas of ocean off their coast? Yeah, so there's already a connection between Woody Island and Hainan. So this new connection is most likely connecting the smaller outposts like Tree Island and North Island to Woody Island, which has the more robust main connection to Hainan and China. China already has a massive undersea cable network all along its east coast. That's for reasons of, you know, connectivity, internet traffic, what have you, but also for surveillance. I mean, its most important naval bases are in Hainan province. It kind of makes sense that you would want a sonar array on the seabed to make sure not only that your submarines are moving around undetected, but that nobody else is kind of monitoring your most important naval bases. And increasingly, it's looking like China wants to make sure nobody's looking at its uh, South China Sea bases either. Now, a lot of people have seen the satellite imagery of the, the big Chinese outposts that have been built on these artificial islands in the last few years, like Barry Cross and also on, on Woody Island. But these smaller outposts where you see that they're laying the cables, is there much to see? What can you see in the imagery? So they're not all the same necessarily. So Tree Island is a fairly big outpost. I mean, when I say fairly big, it's still remote and very tiny by kind of any other standard, uh, but it has a harbor. Uh, it hosts ships fairly often. They rotate in and out. People live there. There's a garrison of troops there. Um, has a solar panel array from what I can see. So it, it's probably the biggest of the remote outposts that China has that is not one of the main bases like Woody Island. However, North Island is much smaller. Not a whole lot of people living there. Not a whole lot of activity normally. So the natural suspicion is that now that it's rolled out undersea cables to Woody Island, it is connecting these smaller outposts that maybe didn't even need them before to that main node at Woody Island. And that kind of makes sense because if you look at the civilian applications of undersea cables, there's no one living on some of these outposts, really. There's a very small force of people, so it doesn't make any economic sense to install them for purely civilian purposes. Do you know if any of the other claimant nations have done similar sort of undersea cabling to serve their outposts in the South China Sea? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. So this is kind of a reflection of the imbalance of capabilities in these in these disputed areas. Absolutely. I don't think many other countries with South China Sea bases could do this, to be quite honest with you. China has some of the world's largest submarine cable companies. And actually, we managed to trace this ship to a shipyard in Shanghai that it shares with a well-known submarine cable company in China. We can't confirm that that submarine cable company actually owns the TNE Haigong, but it just kind of shows that there's all sorts of cable ships that China has that aren't registered to anybody that you can't really ascertain. And most countries, I mean, most countries to flat out don't have cable layers like this. So I don't think many other countries could do this. Uh, and I'd also like to just point out, um, it's not done. It's still continuing its work, actually. It's moved a little bit southwest to the area around Duncan Island, uh, Drummond Island, Observation Bank, and Yagong Island. And it seems to be doing the exact same thing there. So its work is not even done yet. We're seeing a huge either upgrade or a huge expansion of its undersea cable network in the Paracels. So how long has it been now that this, this ship has been doing this work? So it arrived in the Paracels on May 28th. And as of today, it is right next to Duncan Island. That's been a little over two weeks. 
Okay, okay. Well, by the sounds of it, this cable laying is going to reinforce the impression that China's militarizing these disputed areas and doing what it can to consolidate control, which is a common theme in all these discussions we've been having, Drake. But so maybe you can say a little bit about the reaction to this latest report that you um, came up with. Were you surprised that Vietnam spoke out? Yeah, I was actually quite surprised. First of all, I'm, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, Radio Free Asia, you can't even access it in Vietnam. So the fact that it managed to get its way to Vietnam proper is interesting. The, the reaction was not something I completely expected. I sort of assumed Vietnam already knew it was happening. And if they did know it was happening, maybe they wouldn't say something so publicly about it. But if you look at the statement from the foreign ministry, it's a fairly boilerplate sort of, um, we don't appreciate what China's doing. They have no right to develop these islands that we also claim, and they have no right to militarize them either. So I'm wondering if maybe they were trying to put out a more reserved statement on the matter uh, because they knew about it or because they actually didn't know about it. And this was maybe the first time they'd heard. Yeah, it's kind of intriguing. So what's happened since then? I, I see that you... On the same day or a couple of days later, you found something else interesting that Vietnam was doing in the South China Sea. Yeah. So one of the things I've been watching for a while now is this area of the South China Sea called the Union Banks, which is a, a hotbed of activity in the South China Sea. That is definitely one area that would qualify. It's got four Vietnamese outposts and two Chinese outposts. And it used to be the host of a massive naval skirmish between Vietnamese and Chinese forces way back in the 1980s. So there's some history there. Uh, what happened recently was that on June 4th, Vietnam actually sent a Vietnamese Coast Guard ship into the Union Banks area. And that coincided with what I had been watching as a massive buildup of Chinese fishing vessels and Chinese maritime militia in that same spot. So Vietnam sends a Coast Guard ship into the Union Banks. And then as soon as it does that, the maritime militia all shifts east. They all move out of the way, so to speak. So it seems like Vietnam's reacting to that. And I think that this undersea cable thing is also probably going to prompt some type of a reaction from Vietnam in the South China Sea. It all is kind of coming together, honestly. China builds up its maritime militia in the Union Banks. It lays down undersea cables. Vietnam is unhappy and needs to make some kind of response. And sending a Coast Guard vessel all the way out there is pretty unusual. Usually they would just send patriotic fishermen or what have you. So, I mean, this is quite a waste. This is down in the Spratlys, right? Yep, yep. Totally different area. And actually, if you look at the Vietnamese foreign ministry's statement after the undersea cable incident, they say, we don't appreciate what China is doing in the Paracels or in the Spratlys specifically. They mentioned both sides. The question was technically just about the Paracels. But now that they've mentioned both the Paracels and the Spratlys, the entirety of the South China Sea, it's making me think that they're really responding to all of China's provocation across the entire area which also makes one think, you know, what else is going on that we aren't keeping tabs on? So it was very interesting to kind of see all this unfold. I guess, I mean, Vietnam is perhaps the, the one claimant can um, cause some military trouble to China if, if it chose to. I guess these incidents just reinforce the impression that there's always the potential for some sort of skirmish in the South China Sea. Yeah, it's definitely worrying. One of the things about an undersea cable network is that China is going to have a much better monitoring system, both not only for submarines, but for surface vessels as well. And when you combine that with things like their unilateral fishing ban, their robust Coast Guard presence in the area, that just means there's going to be a lot more skirmishes. There's going to be a lot more chasing of foreign fishing vessels. And uh, you're absolutely right that Vietnam is the one claimant that seems to be willing to kind of uh, 
press its luck, so to speak, and kind of go right up to the limit of a skirmish and then pull back. It's a very interesting contrast to other claimants like the Philippines, for example. The Philippine Defense Secretary just this past week said something to the tune of, we actually cannot stop the Chinese maritime militia, uh, so we're not even going to bother. Like a very nihilistic kind of uh, sentiment compared to what Vietnam's doing in the Union Banks, which is, we see maritime militia, we will send a Coast Guard ship. Right. There, there was another incident today, I understand, with the Vietnamese fishing boat. Yeah, so this just came in on Vietnamese state media, actually. A Vietnamese fishing boat was rammed near the Pariseau Islands, near Lincoln Island, which is about 25 nautical miles away from Woody Island, the main base that I uh, mentioned earlier. So we still need to know some more details about that. But the circumstances are worrying. This is an area covered by China's unilateral fishing ban that it announced on May 1st. And the thing about that fishing ban is China says everybody has to follow it. Nobody does. Vietnam and the Philippines just simply say we're not going to follow it because you have no jurisdiction over this area. But we don't quite know what Chinese ship rammed this Vietnamese fishing vessel. But if it's a maritime law enforcement ship, this might be the first instance where China tries to enforce its fishing ban on another nation's fishermen, which would be not good. I mean, this report has just come in, so we haven't had a chance to get a reaction from the Vietnamese government. So I think we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that I mean, in the coming week to see if they're going to take a, a more assertive position against China. Right. I Thanks for your time today, Drake. For those of you listening, please check out Drake's South China Sea reporting at rfa.org and bananews.org. That's bananews, B-E-N-A-R news all one word if you have any questions or feedback please email us on south china sea that's all one word at rfa.org or follow drake on twitter his handle is drm underscore long i'm matt pennington with drake long the south china sea reporter for radio free asia and banana news this podcast series is created by leo kim and produced by radio free asia thank you for listening and please join us again